Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here. Glad you could join us. Uh, as uh, Damaris said, we're kicking off a new series called Moving Mountains, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, before I, we get into the, the message for today, I want to say something about the series that we just wound up this last week. Uh, we've been studying for the last several weeks what the scriptures say uh, about getting out of ruts. That's those routines and habits that have become, that are detrimental to us. And if you remember, we, we said that the scripture teaches that the way you get out of ruts is by renewing your mind. When you change the way you think, what you think, what you believe in the core of your being, that's what helps you to change your life, to get out of those ruts. And so if you want to get out of life ruts, you have to get out of mind ruts. And so I, I wanted to say something about the practice of renewing your mind. And, and it's... Um, it's that renewing your mind is not an event. It's a process. Renewing your mind is not a season of life. It's a way of life. So we're going to keep coming back to this renewing your mind stuff over and over again because I believe it's that substantial. And so part of what we did was we taught you some spiritual practices that help you renew your mind. And if you will make these spiritual practices a way of life, I believe you will experience the peace and the joy that you long for. And so last week, uh, Michelle shared with us one of the spiritual practices that helps renew your mind, which is prayer. And uh, I really <coughs> want us to unpack prayer more. You know, she talked about how prayer is the exchanging of anxious thoughts and exchanging those anxious thoughts, those things in your mind, for God's peace, by lifting up to God your prayers, you exchange your anxieties for his peace. But prayer is even more than that. I believe prayer not only helps us to exchange our anxiety for God's peace, it also will help us move mountains. Now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus began a movement he called the church. And he intended that that movement would be a movement of people who moved mountains which means he expects us to become a people who move mountains. Now, when I talk about moving mountains, I'm talking about a, a mountain that's there, an obstacle that's there, and moving it over here. Moving mountains is about experiencing a power beyond the physical realm. It's about seeing the impossible become possible. It's about seeing Jesus move miraculously, moving a mountain from here to there through us. And I've seen God move mountains. I've seen him move mountains in my own life. I've seen him move an addiction mountain that I thought I could not conquer. I saw, saw him move an attitude mountain that changed me at the core of my being. I saw him move financial mountains that were overwhelming to me. And I believe he can move mountains in your life as well. So do you have a mountain in your life that you want God to move? Maybe it's a relational mountain that, that feels impossible to restore. Maybe it's a health mountain that feels impossible to heal. Maybe it's a financial mountain that seems impossible to overcome. In this series, my desire is to stir within your hearts a belief that through you, God can move mountains. And to inspire you to actually go out there and move some mountains. Now, sometimes we think that only certain super spiritual people can move mountains. You know, 
like pastors. I mean, we're so awesome. And, you know, and like priests or nuns, you know, or saints or certain saints. And we think those are the only people that can move mountains. That is not what Jesus taught. Jesus has vision that all of us can experience the power of moving mountains. Okay, so, so let, let's, let's go to one of the occasions where Jesus cast vision for moving mountains. So on one occasion, Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem for one of his last trips there before he was arrested and crucified. And along the way, he became hungry and he noticed a fig tree. And it was the time of year where the fig tree should have had figs. You know, it was that season. And he walked up to the fig tree and there were no figs on it. And Jesus cursed the tree and said, may you never bear fruit again. And that tree withered up and died. Now, I don't know if you're the kind of person like I am when you read the scriptures, but I have these, these thoughts that go in my mind like, dude, Jesus, what's up with the fig trees, man? They didn't do anything to hurt you, you know? Well, there was something going on, okay? I don't think Jesus was mad at the fig tree. In fact, if you know a little bit of the backstory, you know what was really going on. So when Jesus cursed that fig tree for its fruitlessness, he was thinking about the religious <coughs> leaders of Israel who had been fruitless, they were supposed to bear the fruit of preparing people to believe in Jesus, the Son of God. But instead of preparing them to believe in him, they prepared people to reject him. And so where God had expected a certain kind of fruit to grow, the fruit didn't grow. And so in many ways, the religious leaders of Israel were like that fig tree. And so I, when, when Jesus cursed that fig tree, he was thinking of those religious leaders. And so through a, a, this powerful, this prophetic miracle, he was almost like speaking a word of frustration uh, about them. But that's not what I want to talk about. But you had to know what happened. This is what I want us to talk about. The disciples saw that fig tree wither and they said, how did you do that? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So here, Jesus demonstrates his power over the physical realm by making a tree wither up and die. And he casts vision that his followers would be able to do the same through prayer. Now, I want us to recognize, you know, now looking back, we look upon his first disciples as like these superheroes, you know, like these super spiritual giants, but they were not. If you go back and read the, read the, the, the story of their lives, these were ordinary men. They were not like well-trained theologians. They were not highly skilled religious movement leaders or anything like that. These were ordinary guys. They, they, they had very little formal education. Most of them had their own like small family businesses. And these were ordinary guys who did do some extraordinary things, but it wasn't because they were special. It was because they got what Jesus was talking about, all right? So these were ordinary people who caught the vision of their ability to see extraordinary things through prayer. Prayer brings God's will from heaven to earth. Prayer brings God's power from heaven to earth. Prayer changes things. Prayer uh, empowers ordinary people to see extraordinary things. 
Prayer gives us the ability to tap into the power of God Almighty and to bring that power from heaven to earth. And that's why prayer moves mountains. So do you believe that you can move mountains through prayer? Hmm? Well, let's look at another scene where Jesus cast this vision for moving mountains, all right? So uh, this scene occurred when some of Jesus' disciples tried to help a demonized boy get healing and they couldn't uh, cast the demon out. And they were frustrated. And so notice what happened. This is Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible <coughs> excuse me, for you. And so here now Jesus demonstrated his power over the spiritual realm. And so, so I want to pause for a moment and acknowledge something. I know for some of you, maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're still not sure what you think about God or Jesus. And you certainly aren't sure what you think about the spiritual realm and demons and angels and stuff like that. That's okay. You're welcome here. This is a safe community where you can explore our faith. And one of the things that we do believe, because Jesus believed it, is that there is a spiritual realm. And there are spirit beings called angels and demons who have influence in our lives. And here Jesus asserted his authority over the spiritual realm and over these spirit beings. And it's clear he expected his followers to be able to do the same. But when they couldn't do it, they asked him why. And do you remember his response? Because you have so little faith. Now, to have little faith means you do have to have faith. So the issue was not that they didn't believe in who Jesus is, that he's the son of God, that he has power. The issue was they didn't have enough faith to believe that he could actually do something like that through them, right? Their faith was too small. And what's interesting is Jesus says, look, if you just have a faith the size of a mustard seed, which was one of the smallest seeds in their culture, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. So uh, once again, Jesus attaches faith, this characteristic of faith, this attitude of faith to prayer. And he said, look, if you just have a mustard seed faith, you will see the miraculous. If you have a mustard seed faith, you will see the extraordinary. If you have a mustard seed faith, you will see mountains move. And here Jesus puts prayer and faith together, okay? So faith is the attitude, prayer is the action. Faith believes the, that God can do the impossible. Prayer asks God to do the impossible. You see how they go together? And with prayer and faith, we can see God do the extraordinary among us, though we are just ordinary people. Faith and prayer moves mountains. Did you know that through prayer, you can move mountains? Do you believe it? Oh, do you think so? All right. I'm, I want to convince you of this. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't think you're convinced yet. So I'm going to look at one more, one more passage where Jesus cast vision for this kind of prayer. And that ordinary people can pray 
and see some pretty great things happen, okay? So this is the night before Jesus is arrested. So these are his last words for his disciples. And this is uh, the promise he made recorded in John 14, 12. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Okay, so are you whoever? He said, whoever. Are you whoever who believes in him? He said, that's the only qualification. He said, whoever believes in me will do not just the great things I've done, you'll do greater things. Did Jesus do some great things? Some pretty great things. At least one person thinks so. So, uh, so what does he mean by that we'll do greater things? I mean, resurrection, you know, raising dead people is pretty great, you know? Okay, I think this is what he meant. The great things that Jesus did were limited to where he was, right? He could only do the great things where he was. Once he ascended into heaven, he could do great things through us. And that's why he was trying to prepare his followers to realize that now there's not just like one of me. Now there can be literally millions and millions of people representing the great things that I want to do on the earth. But we have to be the whoever's who ask. So are you a whoever who believes? Okay, is your heart thumping a little bit? Is your stomach churning a little bit? Is your mind racing a little bit? That you might just be a whoever? And how are all of us whoever's going to do these greater things? Jesus continued, verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So how is Jesus gonna do these greater things? And mind you, these are his greater things, right? Who's gonna do the greater things? He said, well, he said, I will. He said, I will do these greater things when you ask me in my name. So our part is the prayer part. His part is to continue doing the greater things he he did when he was on the earth. So at that, in this way, we're like conduits, continuing his desire to, to stretch out his hand and to do the extraordinary on earth through us. Folks, this is awesome. This is awesome. Now, let's just make sure that we understand what Jesus means when he says, I will give you anything you ask in my name. He said anything. He said whoever and anything. That's pretty big, right? And so let's make sure we understand what he is saying, what he's not saying. He's not saying, okay, so Lord, you said anything. You said you you give me anything I ask in your name, Lord. And there's this this Porsche 911 S. It's red. And Lord, you said I could ask for anything in your name and I could do some really good stuff with that Porsche. I'll only do good things, Lord, not bad things. Because that's how some people will interpret this passage. Or, or some people might say, you know, Lord, it's been 30 years since the Cowboys have won a Super Bowl. And you said we could ask for anything in your name. And so could you swing one, you know, can you swing one our way? <clears throat> that's not what Jesus is talking about. When Jesus says you can ask for anything in my name, you can't ask him to win the lottery. You can't ask him, right, for your team to win. You can't ask him to make your ex-spouse sick. (laughs) This is not voodoo, y'all. So then what are these great things, these greater things that, that he wants to do through us? Remember he said, this is all about glorifying my father through my name. 
And so these greater things that Jesus is wanting to do, he says, you have to do through my name. You, you, it's when you ask in my name. And so I think to understand the greater things, I think you have to understand what it means to ask for things in someone's name. And so I try to think of a picture to help. And the, the one that helps me the most is like, like, you know, I don't know if you write checks anymore. I still write a few checks. And so think about a ch- what a check is. If I give you a check, I'm expressing my will for you to go to my bank and get some of my money. See, so I'm expressing my will when I give it to you. And then when I write my name on it, when I sign my name, that's expressing my authority for you to, to, to assert my will and go to my bank and get some of my money. Now, there's not much in there right now, but you get the point. All right? It's when someone gives you their authority and, and they express their will for you to do something in their name. And that's what Jesus is talking about. So it's about sensing that this is something Jesus wants to do on the earth through me. I believe he's giving me freedom to ask for this great thing. That's what he's talking about. Now you understand Jesus has not written you a blank check, but he will write you some checks. And then you got to determine, do I have the faith to take it and ask for that great thing? He wants to do greater things through us. He wants to express his great power. He wants to express his great love. He wants to express his great compassion. And he's looking for people. He's looking for whoever's. And he's looking for whoever's who will have mustard seed faith big enough to ask for some great things. And I believe that's who we're supposed to be. People who will ask for great things in prayer. Prayer brings Jesus' will from heaven to earth. It brings his power from heaven to earth. It brings his authority, his will, his power, and it does the extraordinary. It moves mountains on the earth. Now, moving mountains doesn't mean you will not face problems in life. Moving mountains does not mean you'll never get sick. Moving mountains does not mean uh, people will never wrong you. I mean, can we just like acknowledge the obvious? The whole thing about preparing us to move mountains means we are going to face mountains in life, right? Duh. You don't need to be able to move mountains if you don't face mountains. We are going to encounter mountains in life. We are going to encounter obstacles, challenges, trials in life. Moving mountains doesn't mean we don't ever face those mountains, but moving mountains means we don't face those obstacles alone in our own power. Moving mountains means we don't face those trials alone in our own power. And above all, moving mountains means that we have the opportunity to experience the power of Almighty God as a conduit, bringing his will to the earth through faith and prayer. And with faith and prayer, I believe we're going to see mountains move. Do you believe you can see mountains move through faith and prayer? So, so some of you know, oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to get more of you clapping in just a minute. So some of y'all know that our pastor of theology, John Witte, uh, is a friend of mine. We've been friends ever since we were little kids. Of course, he's way older than me and all that stuff. But you know that he was a, uh, a missionary in Africa for 25 years. And he saw a lot of mountains move. And he, of course, he would share stories with me and I, it really would inspire me. Well, one story he shared with me, uh, I want to share with you. He was serving the Dinka tribe, uh, tribal group in the Sudan. So up in the northern part of Africa, very poor area. 
And he met a couple there named uh, Martha and Joseph. And Martha and Joseph had been trying to have kids for five years and they couldn't have kids. And this was very depressing. It was very overwhelming for them. And of course, they didn't have, you know, uh, advanced medical uh, centers there where they could find out if there was something medical going on. And so they were very desperate and they were not believers. <coughs> they did not believe. In fact, that's why John was there. And so uh, John told me that he told them some of the stories in the Bible about women who had been unable to have children and how God showed his favor on them and miraculously allowed them to have children. And he did it to encourage them. And then he felt inspired to ask God to make her get pregnant. And so, you know, he, he put his hands on, on her and prayed for her to become pregnant. He sent me an email, which is why I even know about this, and asked our church to pray for Martha to get pregnant too. And so we did. In one of our services, we prayed and asked God to cause Martha to get pregnant. And then, then John told her husband, Joseph, hey, you need to do your part in the whole you know, pregnant thing. You got it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and about nine months later, Martha gave birth to a son. And he told me that the people of that town were amazed because they knew how much they had struggled. They saw a mountain move. They saw something great. And God is wanting to move mountains in our lives. Not so that we get rich. He's wanting to move mountains to demonstrate his presence and his power and his love and his compassion. And I know God wants to do mighty things in and through us as a church. And let me tell you why I know this. Because back in 1992, when this church started, when this part of the church movement started, we received a prophetic letter from another person who, who attended another church in our city. We didn't, we didn't even know who she was. But she sent us this prophetic letter. It was a long letter. And so many aspects of that letter have come to pass. And there's one part of the letter that pertains to prayer. And that's the part I want to read for you today. She wrote, encourage the people to pray. Prayer is the answer to the problems you will encounter. If you become a praying church, and that's what this series is all about. <clears throat> if you become a praying church, you will see me move mightily. I have plans for this city and this body. And so even in her letter, she, she reminds us we are going to face problems. Moving mountains is not about the absence of problems. It's about tapping into God's power to deal with the mountains that we will face, the problems we will encounter. And we have a promise that if we become a praying church, God is going to move mightily among us. And so as your pastors, we're going to do everything we can to organize us, to rally us, to inspire us to become a praying church. I, I believe it's important for us because when the church movement began, it was a prayer movement. And I think we need to get back to the roots of our movement. A prayer movement where it's, it's our faith in Almighty God speaking the name of Jesus and asking for great things to happen. And so this is what I'm asking. And that's why we're doing this series. So this is what I'm asking. I'm asking for the next 21 days for you to pray and fast. I'm asking you to pray every day for 21 days and to fast. And so let me address the prayer part. Uh, I want you to pray for the mountain that you want to see God move. And you know, I was just thinking about this, Chris. Maybe, maybe you don't have a mountain right now in your life. 
Well, then maybe you would pray for the mountain of a friend or a loved one that's got a mountain in their life. And maybe you would let them know that for the next 21 days, you're going to pray and fast for them. But if you got a mountain, pray for that mountain to be moved. And then I want us to pray together as a church for our church, for our community, for our city, and for our country. And we've got a, a guide that's going to help you along the way. Now, if, if you're not used to prayer, uh, like, you, like if you say, you know, pastor, I'd like to pray, but I really don't know what to do, what to say. Next week, we're going to look at what Jesus, uh, how Jesus taught his disciples to pray because they came to him and said, teach us to pray, Lord. So we're going to unpack that next week. So you got to be here next week. But prayer is simply asking God to do great things, asking with faith and trusting God to uh, do those great things through us. And so some people like to pray out loud because it helps them focus. Uh, like one of my spiritual mentors likes to go on a walk and pray out loud. And so if that works for you, do that. Some people like to write out their prayers. That's what I like to do. I like to write out and journal my prayers. Uh, some people like to just pray silently, just close their eyes and just sit inside. Find the, the way that, that, uh, that you pray best. And this is what I'm asking, okay? Bottom line, for the next 21 days, pray five to seven minutes a day. And uh, yeah, pray five to seven minutes a day. And I'm gonna get to a, a guide that we're gonna uh, give you to help you. Then I want you to fast. I want you to fast. And if you've never fasted, fasting is like turbocharging prayer. Fasting is like hitting the reset button on one of your electronic devices. It's like turning your phone off and on. It's like doing the restart on your computer. You know what I'm saying? It resets stuff. I have seen prayer and fasting break people free from things that have been holding them back. I've seen prayer and fasting move mountains. And so I want to encourage you to, to fast during these next 21 days. And fasting simply means giving up something because of your faith in God. And so it could be a food item. You might choose to give up meat. You might choose to give up uh, your daily bread. Uh, uh, some people like to do, there's a one fast in the Bible where you eat just fruits and vegetables and drink water. It could be something related to food. It could, it could also be a fast from some activity, maybe from social media, maybe from video games, maybe from watching TV, uh, something like that. And you determine the fast that will be meaningful to you I mean, I want to make sure you understand. So the whole point of it is not to pick something you already don't like. So like, if you don't like broccoli, don't fast broccoli. <laughs> yeah, I know you. <laughs> know what I mean? P pick something that's, because here's the point. If you pick something you know you're going to miss for 21 days, it'll stir a hunger in you. And then let the hunger stir you to pray. See, whenever you feel hungry for whatever that is you're fasting, pray. And you'll be praying more than once a day for 21 days. And so to help you in your prayers, uh, we created a prayer guide that you should have received when you came in. And so uh, on the guide, there's some prayers to pray every day. Because like if you're not sure what to, to say, just pray these words that we wrote out loud, you know, and add whatever you want to say. Prayer is just talking to God and listening to God. That's all it is. And then, uh, then we've given you 21 other prayers to pray that are different for each day. And then on one part of the prayer card is where you can, uh, it says, what mountain do you need moved? <clears throat> and on that part, if you'll write down your name, just your first name and what mountain you want to see moved, 
we will pray with you. What you can do is you can tear it off and either put it up here on the stage. We've been taking them up all during the services or you can put them on tables at the exit doors. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pass these around to our pastors and we have intercessory prayer people who feel called and gifted to pray. And we're gonna join you in praying for your mountain to move. So it's not just you praying for your mountain. We're gonna pray with you. Oh man, I'm excited. Okay, and so... uh, and so the, then you got the 21 days here. Now, um, and so you can turn this part in. Now, if you're watching online or you're more of a digital person, we're gonna post the prayer each day on our City Church Bandera Road Facebook page. So you can do that. Or if you're more of a phone kind of person, you'd like to receive the prayers each day on your phone. If you will text PRAY to 210 you'll receive a text message each day with the prayer to pray for that day. And if you want to take a picture of that, you can, of the number so that you can have it. Um, But I truly believe we're going to see God move mountains. And let me me tell you why I feel stirred about this, because I saw a mountain moved in my own life this year. There There was a situation in my life where I felt overwhelmed. I felt stressed and anxious. I felt desperate and helpless. And and I'm just going to be honest, there's not, you know, I'm 56, there's not been many times in my life where I've felt that way before, like something that was just outside of my control, I had no power to change, and this was a mountain that I felt just overwhelmed by. And so I fasted and I prayed for 30 days, and I just cried out to God, and I said, God, I just can't handle this. I just can't deal with this. Please move this mountain. Please, I ask you to do something about this, and at the end of 30 days, the mountain moved. And instead of being overwhelmed by the mountain, I was overwhelmed by the power of God. And I believe God is going to move mountains because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left his movement in the hands of ordinary people. And he told us if we would pray, he would do extraordinary things through us. And that is what happened. Those first believers gathered together and they prayed and they prayed. And the scriptures say that God's power fell upon them and they saw the impossible become possible. They saw the extraordinary happen. And as they became a praying people, the scriptures say that they were devoted to prayer. As they became a praying people, they saw God's power come from heaven to earth and God moved mightily among them. And he will move mightily among whoever. Are you a whoever? All right, then let's ask him. So let's start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So whatever you're going to pick to fast from this service on, uh, you know, be fasting through October 20th. And I want to pray. So I want everybody to stand. I'm going to kick off the 21 days of prayer. And this is what I would like. If you're comfortable, I know some people, you're comfortable kneeling and praying And we have some prayer pillows up here that you can come up and kneel. I'm going to kneel here on stage. But if you would rather just stand, that's fine. If you would rather sit back down and pray, that's fine. But you you get to a place where you're comfortable to pray. And if you want to kneel, come on forward and pray. And then I'm going to lead you to pray about the mountain you want to see moved. And And then I want us to pray together a prayer that the first church prayed. And so I'm going to teach you one of the prayers that the first church prayed. You ready for the prayer? This is what they prayed. This is Acts 4.30. They prayed and they said, Lord Jesus, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. And they were calling on him to stretch out his hand and to demonstrate his power on the earth. And that's the prayer we're going to pray today. You ready? All right.
Lord Jesus, uh, you've inspired us, you've encouraged us to ask for great things in your name. And you said if we would have faith and not doubt that you would move mountains. And so I'm asking you today, we're calling out to you to move mountains. And so right now, would you lift up whatever that mountain is? Just say a phrase, say a word, whatever the mountain is, just say, Lord Jesus, move this mountain. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I ask you to hear our prayers. And now we pray the prayer of the first church. Are you ready? If you want to stretch out your hand, stretch out your hand. Lord Jesus, we ask you to stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand to save. Stretch out your hand to set people free from the things that are binding them up. Stretch out your hand to help someone with a financial situation that's made them desperate. Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. Stretch out your hand and give us a sign that you have risen from the dead and that you are asserting your authority on the earth. Lord, give us a sign. Uh, show us the wonders, the kind of wonders you did when you were on the earth. Do even greater things today because we're calling out to you. We're asking you to stretch out your hand. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, we have faith. We believe. And we ask you to move mountains in Jesus' name. Amen.